Welcome to Machine Learning. I want to talk about Extreme Ownership, the book by Jocko and Leith. And one of the things that he talks about with leadership is what if you have a leader who is a weak leader? And what is your, what is your, should be your response? And his, his reply was, take ownership. Take the initiative. Start taking ownership. Um, be responsible for the outcomes of the projects that you're working on. And one of the things I found that was interesting was that he says that one time, but in a, it's situational. So if there were something that would lead to a termination, then taking ownership for that wouldn't make sense. Like if he did something uh, immoral or illegal, you can't take ownership for that. But in daily tasks, if there's something hard to be done, take ownership for it and try to get it done and make it happen. And he says that in the process of doing that, you will build leadership because he points out that business is about building relationships. And so by taking ownership, you are improving the relationships with those who you are working with. I like that idea because I've done a podcast on how management is really about building relationships. And what he says is the most challenging um, the most challenging skill to have is leading people. And I have to agree with that because what makes a good leader? His charisma, his understanding of what's going on, the mission analysis, he he's gathered data. But he also makes a good point that as a leader, you can't know everything. And it's true, you can't know everything. But he does make a good point about why he believes in micromanagement at the first. Well, I, I think about my karate students, and a lot of this leadership is going to how I lead my karate students. And at first I teach them some basic things like punching, kicking, blocking, the three basics. But when they spar, they try to implement blocking, and it's usually done in a dangerous way where they can hurt their fingers or they could get kicked or hurt their toes, etc. And so what I teach them next is how to move in direction. Get out of the way of force. Don't meet force with force. That's the um, how or the way is to understand what is the intent of the force and then respond or react to it. It's a relationship between you and the other person. 
Bruce Lee was the one that explained that about fighting in his empty fighting technique where he was watching and anticipating the relationship or the move of the opponent and then identifying uh, vulnerabilities or openings and then striking with full force or kicking with full force, incapacitating the opponent. So those are those were things that Bruce Lee was really good at. But his statement about relationship was uh, insightful because business is a lot like that too. You have uh, people, departments, who may not be contributing to the company and they pro- be in terms of profitability, and that profitability may cause them to uh, be considered a risk in with the company because in one case, he talked about a, a division that needed to, who was ran by a man who was friend of the CEO, and but yet it wasn't doing well, and they wanted to shut that division down. But because the worker or the employee was a friend of the CEO, they were afraid to do that, and they and they. They didn't think that that division would hurt the company. It could take losses and still the company could still survive. But in the end, they chose to uh, shut that division down and then move him to a different uh, position in the company where his skills could be uh, utilized. Not more effectively, but just still continue to be utilized. And so what I I take that from is their viewpoint is uh, somewhat on the battlefield. You have key members of your team, and they're working with that team to uh, support the mission and the mission plan and the the strategy of the commander or the leader. And the leader should be the one who's in charge but the as the team becomes more competent and skilled and understands the plan, they should take ownership. And so as they're taking ownership, then there's less need to micromage and more freedom. And that's what happens at the, the Brown Belt is that they're given more freedom and ownership to learn the system before they test for black. That's in my particular system. And so there's a year probation where they have to wait. So there's two important takeaways. One, uh, that you can learn basics, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you'll be successful. You have to learn basics, and then you have to learn uh, indirect methods to accomplish your goal. So you, in the, the case with karate, you learn footwork to escape the pathway of force. It uh, doesn't mean that you will necessarily win. You might you might uh, be fighting a stronger and faster opponent, and if they get the first strike in, you're going to be incapacitated. 
or you know you're going to have to uh, some way be able to absorb that force and so you know th there's different ways of absorbing force leverage angles etc um, evasion but what the it does is it it allows you to find an a simpler and easier way to accomplish your objective is what I'm getting at. Okay, so then going back to his argument about the micromanagement, I think that was a really good point uh, because you have to be actively involved to teach the principles and the te and the techniques, but and rehearse those. Um, but once you have rehearsed them, then you uh, it give more freedom and ownership and empowerment so that they can grow and and develop and improve the system. Now he gives a good point about how this ownership works. They once they were really good. The SIL team was really good at clearing buildings and taking out bad guys and. Uh, and looking for evidence that could be used against the Iraqi rebels in Iraqi courts. But as, and they originally they kind of ransacked the area and looked for things. It wasn't, um, it, it wasn't really a systematic way of doing it. Uh, they turned furniture upside down. They looked under rugs. They looked behind walls, etc. Um, however, as the Iraqi judicial system rules of evidence became more regulated, and they had to identify location where the evidence was found, then they came up. He had a assistant officer in charge, and that assistant officer in charge came up with this a plan where they would put um, a evidence bag in each one of the rooms and then they would give assigned particular soldiers to be the owner of that room and then they would collect the evidence systematically and then they would bring that back and deposit the evidence on a grid which gave the position and location in the building where they found the evidence. And they also then put um, a bag around the, the neck of the captured rebels and put the evidence in there um, that was found on the persons so that they were able then to correctly identify the evidence um, with the individual being accused of the crime or charged with the crime. That's a better way of saying it. Uh, so his point was is the discipline actually increased freedom. It uh, began to standardize process and procedure, and they rehearsed these process and procedure and increased accuracy and performance and reduced down the uh, uh, error. Well, and then originally there was some opposition. So one soldier said that he felt like they were putting soldiers at risk by 
going through the systemized approach because it, it kept them in the open too long. Uh, another one felt like that the current way of doing things, if it wasn't broke, why fix it, uh, was adequate. But by the systematic improvement and challenging and rethinking of the process and simplifying, they had a better system. And so I think in the, what he's saying there is that through leadership, you improve the process. Now, I've, I've seen this in data, that you can have processes that have been working for 20 years by decades, and no one wants to uh, modify or challenge those processes or improve them. And so there's a lot of wasted time in manual uh, processes that can be streamlined and automated. And so by ignoring the automation, they continue to spend large amounts of time in administrative tasks. And there isn't, um, and they're not spending as much time in the analytics. So they're doing lots of administrative feats, but very little thinking in terms of the analytics and watching for either error or emerging trends or slippage in schedules. And they're doing a lot of this balancing in their in their mind. And so they're not building processes that could systemize the flow of work. And I, and I see that because there's a tendency to believe that technology can't really improve their process. And that is incorrect. Technology always improves process. It uh, is always a function of time and resource to build that set of processes, but they always improve process because the uh, information is flowing up at the speed of, of uh, almost near light, and the data accumulated can be analyzed and understood and tell a story. And that story then can be part of collective knowledge. So that collective knowledge then uh, helps them understand their business process. So then the question is, well, what about electronic documentation and paperwork and the legalism that's associated with doing business? It's interesting because AI is actually used to analyze legal documentation and, and try to identify what changes or what's important in that legal documentation to pay attention to. There might be certain deadlines or dates that need to uh, be reached, and the AI is bringing that data out of those legal documentation and keeping that in front of those project managers. So there are tools for helping understand the uh, the legal documentation and the and the terms of that legal documentation.
And then there's the actual workflow or scheduling of the workflow where uh, companies are doing the analysis on the, uh, the workflow that's being accomplished. Well, it's interesting proposition about leadership and why leadership is important and why taking ownership in leadership leads to better objectivity, to detach as a leader, not getting caught up too much in the technical or the tactical day-to-day -day, and keeping the mind on the larger strategy is one way to improve the um, improve the effectiveness of your leadership.